0: The word ink is a child of a Latin word meaning, having been burned. In the Middle Ages, people thought that ink burned its way into a parchment because iron gall ink goes onto the page pale, then darkens. Now physically now, we know that's not what's happening, but it makes sense as a metaphor. A medieval manuscript, because it was made by hand is considered an original even when it's a copy of something else. The Voynich Manuscript is a special kind of original. Thanks to carbon dating, we know that it was put together in the early 15th century. But no living person has ever, as far as we know, understood it. Seemingly no one can decode the language the book is written in. It has no title and no author. The manuscript draws attention to the way that we think about truth now. The book invites guesses, conspiracy theories, spiritualism, and cryptography. The Voynich manuscript has charisma, and charisma has always held a monopoly on our attention. The manuscript's Renaissance-era cover is made of what the rare book and manuscripts library at Yale calls a limp vellum. Take a moment and put yourself in the place to turn the manuscript's front cover. When you turn the cover, you're greeted by writing and in brown ink, accompanied by strange diagrams and paintings of plants. The writing will not make sense to you. The book was made in the ordinary medieval way, but the script, the form of the letters and the language itself was apparently invented by whoever made it. Some have taken to calling the language and its script Voynichese. The letters loop prettily, and text runs from left to right, top to bottom. The first half of the book is filled with drawings of plants. Scholars call this the herbal section. Few of the plants appear to be real, although they are made from the usual components of green leaves, roots, and so on. The next section contains circular diagrams of the kinds often found in medieval zodiacal texts. Scholars call this part astrological. Next, the so-called anatomical section shows nude ladies in pools of liquid, which are connected to one another via a strange system of tubular plumbing that often snakes around whole pages of text. These scenes resemble drawings in the Alchemal tradition, which gave rise to a now-debunked theory that the 13th century natural philosopher Roger Bacon wrote the book. Then we get what appears to be instructions in the practical use of those plants from the beginning of the book, followed by pages that look roughly like recipes. Voynich is not a word from the book, but rather the name of an eccentric book dealer. Wilfred Michael Voynich, who bought the manuscript in 1912. When Voynich purchased the text, it was accompanied by a letter by Johannes Marcus Marcy of Prague, who claimed that the book had been sold to the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II and that it was believed to be a work by Roger Bacon. The book then appears to have bounced around Prague for a while, where in 1693 it was described as, quote, a certain riddle of the Sphinx, a piece of writing in unknown characters, that the whole thing is medical." Quote. The book's historical trail vanishes in 1670, up until the time that Voynich purchased it in 1912. Backtracking nine years to 1903, the Jesuits decided to sell a group of text from their collection to the Vatican. The sale took nearly nine years to complete. For reasons unknown and under conditions of total secrecy, Voynich managed to procure some of the books before they entered the Vatican Library, one of which was the Voynich manuscript. Voynich believed that his impenetrable book contained authentic wisdom. He's quoted as saying, when the time comes, I will prove to the world that the black magic of the Middle Ages consisted in discoveries far in advance of the 20th century science. Voynich never cracked the code, if one indeed does exist. In cryptographic attempts, another essay that William Sherman notes that some of the greatest code breakers in history attempted to unlock the manuscripts mysteries. The impenetrability of Voynich's became a professional problem for those in the code game. William Romain Newbold, a professor of intellectual and moral philosophy at the University of Pennsylvania in the early part of the 20th century, persuaded himself that the writing used both a cipher common from Bacon's alchemal manuscripts along with a separate and far more complicated system best described as an anagrammed micrographic shorthand. This system of cipher would require transposition, abbreviation, and microscopic notation. This theory was initially endorsed by the eminent medievalist John Matthews Manley, who had worked as one of the U.S. Army's chief cryptologists during the First World War. But it did not hold up to closer scrutiny, and Manley even concluded that Newbold's decipherments were not discoveries of secrets hidden by Roger Bacon but the products of his own intense enthusiasm and his learned and ingenious subconscious. The next great mind to apply itself to the manuscripts code belonged to William F. Friedman, another army cryptographer who was among the first people to use computers for textual analysis. In 1925, Manley connected Friedman and his wife Elizabeth, who is also a cryptographer, with the manuscript. Sending them photographs. The Freedmans worked on the project for nearly 40 years. Friedman and his colleagues broke Japan's Purple Code during the Second World War, and Friedman became the chief cryptanalyst for the War Department and the head of the Signals Intelligence Service in the 40s and 50s. The historian David Kahn called him the quote world's greatest cryptologist. End quote. By 1944, Friedman had formed the Voynich Manuscript Study Group with some colleagues. The group never cracked the code. The Friedmans did, however, provide an enigmatic message about the manuscript in an article in 1959. The article spoke long on the pointlessness of looking for an anagrammatic cipher. A note revealed that the statement itself was an anagram. The authors had left the solution to the anagram in a sealed envelope with the editor. After William died in 1970, the editor revealed the message along with a reprint of the piece. Quote, the Voynich Manuscript was an early attempt to construct an artificial or universal language. End quote. And that's according to William Friedman. According to Sherman, the majority of those who have tried their hand at the manuscripts codes have been amateurs and many have had more interest in conspiracy theories than cryptographic system. Fast forward to today, you can still find people trying to crack the code. There are many competing theories. Some suggest the manuscript might be part of a con world or a constructed fantasy. Some respond by saying, Quote, I don't see why someone would create such an expensive manuscript if this were indeed the case. End quote. Another may ask, quote, is anyone else wondering if this material is from a lost Mayan codex? End quote. Speculative knowledge flourishes in moments of uncertainty and fear. They don't want you to know the truth, the speculators say to their faithful, whether they be on the right or the left. Conspiracists claim that their theories can be less frightening than the truth, and the truth is that our lives are always in danger. Astrologers point to an invisible world, freeing its subscribers from the visible one that oppresses them. Whether codebreaker or spiritualist or amateur historian, the Voynich speculators are linked by their common interest in the past. In this quasi-occult mystery, And the insoluble problems of authenticity. It has been said that it is for a mysterious but learned reference to past mysteries that somehow hold important meanings for the present. We will probably never stop forming communities based on the manuscript secrets. We are fond of weaving narratives like doilies around gaping holes so that the holes won't scare us. Objects from pre-modern history like medieval manuscripts, are the perfect canvas on which to project our worries about the difficult, the frightening, and the arcane, because these objects come from a time outside culture as we conceive of it. This single original manuscript encourages us to set with the concept of truth and to remember that there are mysteries at the bottom of things whose meanings we may never know. Now let's go beyond the walls in this series of episodes on the Voynich Manuscript.